brings me down the edge. I am the actor that plays the crazy boy, Chris Flynn. Uh, one of my least favourite roles, to be honest. It's poorly written, and he's not an interesting character. Um, I'll be back at the end of the episode to uh, say adieu. Michael Hesseltine and two-tone records. Rubbers piling up the legal slumlords. Media talking about the Star Wars film, but they never mention the spiralling bill. Goes down to the market for a stolen bike. Coppers breaking up the miners' strike. Thatcher's monsters roll the land. Don't expect a helping hand. So what I glean from that is she doesn't understand what personification means. No, I mean... <laughs> I mean, but, but look, look. So she's, she's saying, you know, th- this is this is this is evil incarnate, which is um, which has taken over the house. Yeah. How 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 has this happened? Who who knows? But it's um, so, so you know, there's some strong words, strong words, and strong words, um, vague words, strong vague words. But let's, some, let's some, see. And, and and some incorrect words. So let's let's hear from some of the other the other um, psychic evaluators. And so it was like a psychic slumber party. Mm. One of them just said. And Louise Warren again has just heard. Would from... you like marshmallows in your cocoa? Like that. Exactly. She remembers an overwhelming feeling. Pillow of fight. Oh, your pillow wife fight. Pillow wife fight, yeah. Um, you just get. <laughs> yeah, when your pillow wife finds out you've got a pillow girlfriend, <laughs> which you, who you pay for a flat for in the centre of town when you're at work. <laughs> no, it's all going fine. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've got, I've got to work late again. Go and see your pillow girlfriend. So, Lorraine Warren remembers an overwhelming feeling of horrible depression in the house. Surprising um, those pricks. They, they took a, a series of time-lapse photos of the upstairs landing. Right. Um, and saw the face of what appeared to be a little boy peering out from one of the bedrooms. Mm. So Unfortunately, they... the photo was destroyed. Yeah. By Sadly, no, it no longer exists. Yeah, it was. Uh, it got some exoplasm on it, and, uh, and then didn't. Uh, yeah, disappeared into a vortex. Yeah, then <laughs> disappeared into another dimension. But so the Lutz family, after they left the house, fortunately everything went back to normal. And oh, um, right. and then he starts to think, well, look, you know, maybe it was living in that house that drove Butch to kill his family. And he, I'll quote, he became an advocate. <laughs> he became an advocate for this. Yeah, and this. I mean, you know, we'll touch on in a minute. Um, because as you know, you know, my, I'm very much, I believe, you know, respect for the Griff and all of that. But um, mm. yeah, when you when you're starting to sort of come up, when you're, with, trying, to, when you're trying to grift, uh, you're trying to mass, grift someone out mass of murderer, <laughs> murdering their family, or you know, yeah, something like that. It's um, not really a grift, is it? It's more of just being a horrific human being. But there you go. But he he claims we realised there was something so wrong there. It would be inhuman. It would be improper to just let him rot in jail and not try and get him out of some kind of psychological help. Um, right. Human and improper. There you go. Strong words. Um, so anyway, we already, we already established that DeFeo, the jury weren't buying any of this crap and um, and locked him up. Um, but Lutz had contacted their attorney, and he was already at this point fielding book proposals from publishers about the client's story. No, right. And he thought, you know, Lutz's story of a haunted house, which is all true, by the way, Chris. Uh-huh. That's the potential to drive up interest in the book. And I should point out, we were talking about Sam Sam earlier. Obviously, there's a famous law in America where they um, you can't profit from your crimes. Mm-hmm. But that didn't come about until a couple of years after this, so I'm still quite happy. I believe some people still argue, actually, under the First Amendment that that shouldn't be um, 
that law is technically should not, um, it's, you know, it's not constitutional or what have you. Um, I think the problem with it is it could, it could give a reason for someone who's pretty on the edge anyway. It could be like a, the sword of breaks coming back and it's like, my life's really shit. I could actually do, I quite fancy killing some people anyway, but if I do do it, I'd probably get a book deal out of it and provide for my family. No, no, I agree. I, I understand completely why the law exists. So people can't profit from horrendous crimes. It's just uh, yeah, some people claim that uh, well, either that you know it's unconstitutional and it's against free speech, or that um, it will prevent people from being incentivised to confess to things that um, that might be in the public interest, or to you know anyway. There you go. Don't agree with that, obviously. But uh, anyway, but this was pre Son of Sam law, so you could still profit off of horrendous crimes. Um, now, the the, 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 um, the lawyer, who in no way reminds me of Lionel Hutz from The Simpsons, but he apparently said we met the, the Lutzes, and they were quite a reserved tone. No ranting or raving going on. Do you know what I like about obvious lawyers, Chris? Mm. The way that they reveal their hand very early on. There was no ranting or raving when I spoke to Mr. <laughs> Why <laughs> interpreting what you've told me? That? Yeah. You know, why you, those are interesting words that you'd use. There's no ranting and raving. Oh. Um, in no way were any, any of their sentences hey. incoherent. Yeah. <laughs> Seemed perfectly stable. Uh, in no way interested in making a quick buck. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know why you suggest these things. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, but then the three of them went on to consume at least four bottles of wine and the evening turned into a creative writing session about the kind of thing that a horror book, I would assume so. Yeah, hopefully. And that doesn't mention all of the, um, yeah, all of the other, all of the t- uh, that they Tonics. Are. Yeah. Stephen King tonics. <laughs> yes. Stephen King writing juice. Stephen King's creative powders. Yeah. It's, um, writer's creative elixir. 70s blend. Right. So... Give and take, it's all the other cracking ideas. Piping powder. But all it was, it was things like, you know, the gelatin drops they found on the carpet, giving them a sinister explanation. Well, why can't it have come from a demonic source? Yeah. Uh, this is just the lawyer. Well, they were, well, they were just brainstorming ways to uh, make money out of... Yeah, just, just brainstorming, you know. There's no, there's no bad ideas here. <laughs> yeah. there's, no, there's no immoral ideas in brainstorming, Chris. No, it's just idea, you know... In, in the case, First Amendment. In case any law enforcement happens to hear this, there's no, there's no, you know, it's, it's just yeah. falling. It's just, it's just ideas, ideas. Obviously, you know, the immoral or illegal ones, we'll take those out when we when we get to, to thrash it down. When we just when we filing stuff on when the, we let the lawyers have a look at it. Yeah. <laughs> you got a lawyer here, right here. You know, what, could it be? <laughs> what, could it be canned? Could it be candle wax? Yeah. Or could it be Satan's tears? Yeah. You know, it could be either. We don't know. We, you know, the we got we got rid of the waxy substance. Now uh, it went in the bin, so we can't send it to a lab. So either explanation is equally equally useful. So, uh, so he didn't believe the Lutz's account of inexplicable happenings because um, he thought it was just as a commercial venture. Um, they, and they, oh, really? He was kind of yeah, and they they, they kind of felt he was pressuring them. Um, and they also didn't like his idea of offering a share of profits to DeFeo or Butch. So uh, they decided to, to go in different directions. Creative differences at this point. Creative. It's like they were like the Beatles. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, very much like. I mean, I would say arguably more like uh, another prominent sixties musician, Charles Manson. It would right, yeah. have more, but excellent, excellent musician. Yeah, underrated. Did, yeah. did he do anything after finished music? Uh, not that I'm familiar with. He, hmm. I think he just retired out of the limelight, Chris. You know, he did I'll, one, I'll to, one perfect yeah. album that he did with the Beach Boys producer, and then uh, you know, he's, I'll have to I'll look like, him up at some point. See if he's playing Brighton soon. Might be playing Concord too or something. I assume he's probably doing, yeah, just some like, you know, minor gigs, maybe a bit of an acoustic set, something like that. You know? Yeah. Seem like a pretty good lads. Yeah. Oh, best of luck to him. Anyway, um, yeah, I assume he hasn't done anything horrible. You know, sometimes sometimes, Chris, the problem is you, you pick these people out from the past and you find out they've been up to things they shouldn't have been. You know. That is, yeah. So, yeah. I hope he I, I hope he sure. hasn't been me t- I hope he hasn't been me too. T- like that. No, okay, that'd be yeah, okay. No. The um do you, you know, his album cover was actually shot in Brighton, wasn't it, when he was on top of the Helter Skelter, waving? Yeah. Yeah, Influence the famous, famous Beatles track, I believe. But uh, Yeah. So they wrote a book with some chap called Jay Anson. Um, and Unassuming they, genius. That's what I'd say. Okay. We, could make, we could make that a quote for the podcast. Oh, do, do you reckon he might, um, he, could, he could maybe give us a plug? Yeah. If he's still, if he's still around. Yeah, if I'll, um, I'll see if we can write him a letter or something. Yeah. That'd be all right. Try and track him down after this. Yeah, we'll, we'll... I might send him. I might send him some pictures of me in my sexy cat outfit. <laughs> you might like that. Oh, be, he'd probably think it's really funny. Well, a bit of fun, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Fantastic. So they released. They released their their book, The Amsterdam Horror: A True Stories. So they went off and just wrote the book themselves. No, they um, they they hooked up with a chap called Jay Anson to write the book for them. Right, like a ghost writer. Well, not ghost writer, but somebody, somebody like Ooh, work, up, work up the true story into uh, into a uh, into a uh, into a plot. Into not a novel, into not a novel or a book or a fabrication, Chris. Into because you know it's and it's there in the title of the book, colon a true story. So it's like it's a, it's kind of like uh, like I Claudius or something like that. So it's a story, but based on very much true events. Yeah, based on true events, but also they were very recent. So whereas I, Claudius, you know, Rupert Grazer's having to make a lot of guesses and, you know, yeah. some sources like Suetonius and stuff probably weren't as reliable as they, they might have been thought to be. I mean... They called it the American I, Claudius, didn't they? This was unimpeachable, you know. I mean, you know, this, this is hmm. just pure facts that have come from very recent history. So, yeah, I mean, if anything, more like a documentary, you would say. Okay. Yeah. So, sold six million. So it's like a, like a, like a John Ronson book. Yeah, yeah, if you like, yeah. Like gonzo journalism. Possibly a bit less quirky, you know, it was the 70s. It was, yeah. I mean, obviously you had, uh, what's-his-face, knocking around in the original gonzo journalist, was it Hunter S. Thompson? Uh, yeah. You know, very, very... And Hunter S. Thompson, of course, famously was in Frank Sidebottom's band, wasn't he, as a keyboard player? Yeah, absolutely. Or John Ronson. That's where, yeah, that's where the film Frank came from, from uh, Hunter S. Thompson's book about it. Yes, yes. Well, some speculate he was the one under the uh, paper mache head. Mm. Who knows? Who, can... Who knows? So, the, six million copies sold of this book. Then there's the good, version. isn't it? It's not bad. Not imagine, bad. Getting a, imagine, imagine getting a dollar for each copy. Retirement money, that is. That's not too bad, is it? You don't have to live in a murder house anymore. You could buy six or seven murder houses for that. Rent them out. Yeah. Like a theme park. <laughs> Rent them out to gods. Yeah. What emos? Yeah, that's modern for goth. So then, then they released a film version, huge box office success, but they hadn't signed a contract with the author, and oh no, only made about three hundred grand, according to them. Well, it's not bad. 
Now, he does admit that some of the scenes in the book and the movie, such as the green slime, were an embellishment. But they are based on events that actually happened during the 28th. They stay in the And maybe we embellished it a little bit, pussycat, but, you know, that's the artistic process. 100 grand for a 28-day stay in a house, albeit a bit haunted. You know, when you bought that house for 80 grand, that's not that's not too shabby. That's like a million quid for staying a month in a, in a moody place around here. And I've stayed many years in places probably more haunted than there. Anyway. Um, I, I still not. I mean... I mean, they're stupid not to have got a contract. I mean, these aren't smart grifters, Chris, you know. I should have kept that line on Hudson, yeah. They're getting, you know, they're they're playing, but they're getting played by the broader audience. You know, Hollywood comes a-calling. They're going to, uh, oh, it did, they didn't oh. actually technically make any money. Sorry. <laughs> we signed a gross profit contract. You're not going to see a fucking penny. Yeah. Hollywood accounting. Lovely stuff. So... The, the lawyer, though, is still continuing his book project, and he's got in a professor. Still? Yep. And he's enlisted now. Hans Holzer, a professor of paranormal psychology and a self-styled ghost catcher, and an author of dozens of books in the cult. This was back in the 70s. No, he's, I don't know if he's still doing this. He's... I'm a self-styled uh, ladies' man. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It means nothing, does it? You've written many self-published books on the subject, haven't you? I have. Um, sold many copies? No. You, have you sold six million copies of that? No, no, to be fair, I haven't. Any, um, one? Well, I couldn't find a publisher, so I released uh, I released my you wrote, books you wrote on it in crayon and left it in a pub, didn't you? <laughs> Do that, yeah. But I also um, I scanned it and released it as a free PDF. Yeah. Um, and it's had over upwards of ten downloads. So, um, and, and you and you sent it around in envelopes to various publications, didn't you? So. Yeah, I, I assume they'd have read it. It would have been remiss if they hadn't. So, well, exactly, and it's got some, you know, good good dating tips. It's, it's quality, um, not quantity. Most of which could be considered uh, aggressive, but you know, that's what you got to do in this alpha male society if you want to get the ladies. Yeah, moving swiftly on. Um, so, so he he's um, the chap who's the paranormal. See, here's the thing as well. Okay, now I'm going to have to look this chap up. So, Hans... Self-styled is always a red flag, isn't it? Self-styled is a red flag. Here's what's worrying me. He's apparently a professor of paranormal psychology. Professor from where? Exactly. From made Self-styled professor. His own university. Well, this is what I want to say. So, yeah, he was a Austrian-American author and parapsychologist. Wrote 120 books. That sounds, sounds like they were well-considered. A lot. He did... He literally was 89. Died about 11 years, 12 years back. Um, let's have a look. So he's not still writing the book with this lawyer guy then? No. Unless he's doing it from beyond the grave. So he studied ancient history at University of Vienna. Mm-hmm. But they left during the war because of, you know, obvious reasons in World War II. Um, then he claimed that he had a PhD at a school called the London College of Applied Science. That's not been validated, which means it's not true. And then he went. Oh, so he's not not a professor. He went on to teach parapsychology. You, I mean, you can technically become a professor without a doctorate. Um, it just means you've got tenure and stuff. But he went on to. Oh, you've got the official title. But he went on to teach. Oh, it's quite rare. He went on to teach parapsychology at the New York Institute of Technology. Mm. So it was an accredited institution. Look at it. There you go. I I I wonder who is actually getting themselves massively in debt to study parapsychology. Well, this sounds like sixties nonsense. Yeah. 
doesn't it? Kind of, you know, uh, not, not a wise choice of degree, to be honest with you. Well, they were they were doing all kinds of nonsense then, weren't they? Like, um, uh, like remote viewing and all that kind of shit. So, I mean, I guess fine, experiment with it a little bit if you want. But uh, yeah, as I say, don't uh, don't invest your own money into this nonsense. You can get other people to pay you to do it for for, for you, then, uh, or you can get other people to pay you for doing it. Then, fair enough. Could I become a professor, Neil? Uh, you can do if you want. I mean, you could just start calling yourself Professor Professor Finn if you want. I mean, that is my rap name, quote unquote, Doctor Gillian McKeith. She just made that up. Because basically, oh, really? what you do is you go and you buy a you buy a uh, an a, uh, academic credentials from a from a mm-hmm. from email, basically. Start calling yeah. yourself that. That's all go. right, isn't it? I know Professor Green, the rapper, is actually a professor. Is he indeed? He studied. Yeah, he um he he's a professor of uh, economics, which he does in his spare time. He uses his rap money for investments in his portfolio. Oh, okay. Does he does he actually is he a does he actually serve at a um, academic institution? I believe he uh, is. Uh, he, he's got tenure at the University of the East Midlands. Oh, nice. Well, you know, he knows about making bank, obviously. So uh, some very mm. interesting theories, presumably, that I can have. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. He's um, he's more Keynesian, which I, you know, I agree with. Oh, fair enough. Economically. Big, uh, big Adam Smith fan myself. You're a monster. Yeah. Adam Smith and Rand, so we're good. Oh, all I, good I ones. think Smith's got a lot more to say for himself than I Rand. Yeah. Anyway, um, she's she's just got a lot to answer yeah. for. Objectivism's not the most coherent of philosophies. Um, right. So he went down to. Um, so this paranormal investigator went with a medium, claimed to be able to talk to the dead. The medium went into a trance and said that there was an Indian chief on the warpath in the house because it had been on the site Whoa. of a sacred burial ground. Again, now, Holzer believes that the birch was possessed by the angry spirit of the Indian chief, and the chief will not leave the house until it burns down and leaves the land bare. There you go. There you go. So, so I mean, the, the sort of joke about the ancient Indian burial where it grounds stems from, I think, yeah. is it? We've heard about it and stuff. all that jazz. So those jokes come yeah, from and pet cemetery. Yeah, all of that was was after this. So this this. This is the first. Yeah, then you got Poltergeist. They did it in the early eighties, and then like loads of horror movies copied it off of that. Became like a trope. Right. I mean, you think about it; it's quite a clever one in a way, isn't it? Because it's you know, obviously, there's that sort of um, you know, obviously, you know, the uh, the the original people in America were um, horrifically treated, and you know, by by the people who settled there. So it's quite yeah yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of a. you know, when you look at it now, there's a, there's a, I mean, I suppose they thought they were being sort of like trying to be a bit even handed, but it's, it's a bit racist if you think about it. It's like an angry, vengeful Native American spirit, it's a, you know, but uh, I say a bit, but you know, um, but no, it plays on, plays yeah, on exactly. white guilt, and white stuff, guilt isn't it? Of like, uh, you know, basically, you know, you're in the wrong, so actually, um, probably yeah, deserve exactly. it, yeah. <laughs> deserve a good haunting okay, and but, murder, uh, you know, uh. You know there is that that element to it, so there's all of that kind of stuff. And um, but yeah, I don't know. It, so so I get it. That is kind of a, a clever twist. Um, but yeah, that's that. I think is pretty much where that cliche comes from. You know, they've all got to start somewhere. Obviously, sounds really like hackneyed now, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's where the original kind of thing comes from. Um, 
So, you know, that's 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 fascinating, isn't it? So we've had a we've had a load of deaths in our house. We've had a um we've had a twenty eight days of inexplicable phenomena and absolutely fuck all since. Um because they're running live really? there. Do people still, yeah, live, still there? live there? It's changed hands, not quite recently. No real problems. It's not even like the Matatusa house where um I just can't remember. Is it Matasuta House or Matasuta? Oh, Matasuta, yeah. House, where it's it's combined to uh, to one floor. Um, it it's pretty much seems to have just uh, dis- disappeared now. Um, so I can't really prove any of this stuff. <coughs> it's unusual. If Bayo did come out on prime time later on and said he lied when he heard voices commanding him to kill, he was just trying to get a better insanity plea. He's now, I believe, passed. Um <laughs> And on the um, on the Indian tribe thing, so the um, Montucket tribe of Long Island are sceptical of the claims, saying there are no records of a burial ground yeah. in Amityville. And even if there were, that doesn't mean we will go into somebody's body and capture their soul and control in a very very negative way. That's not us, yeah. said the tribe. Yeah, exactly. It's not really part of the part of their philosophy. Exactly. This is, is what I say. It's actually quite you know, whilst it's claiming you know, whilst you think of it on the face of it, it might be quite a um, you know. An even-handed thing to say, or sort of, but it's actually quite racist to claim that you know First Nation First Nations um, spirits to um, you know to to take over and kind of murder people as vengeful spirits. It's not at all part of their sort of beliefs and philosophy. And uh, yeah, no, you get the point. Um, no, that's kind of more. That's it. Well, well, though you know, I was going to say it's European, but it's not because it's African as well, isn't it? And Asian, so it's just not. It's not uh, Native American. No, no, as far as I know, and you know, obviously that's what that's what uh, yeah, their chief. Or might you know, or there might be try. I mean, you know, we have to be yeah, very yeah. careful not to lump all Native American or First Nation people into one group because, yeah, because before Europeans settled there, they were hundreds of separate states. Yeah. They're not they're not one group, but and you know, they had wars with each other. They had treaties with each other. You know, it was, it was as complicated as European no, politics. Absolutely. And you had some tribes who were warlike and some who were peaceful, you know, same as anywhere. Yeah, and a lot of that would go along, you know, probably circumstances would change up. Yeah. Do you know what? This um, Butch guy, he got quite lucky because I'm just having a look and um, New York switches quite regularly from having the death sentence oh, and not having it. Yeah. He goes... Death sentence? No, we don't have it anymore. Yeah, we've got it. No, we don't have it. Presumably, depending if Republicans or Democrats are in charge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, they didn't have it in the uh, mid-'70s. It came back in the early-'80s for a bit. Then they didn't have it in till 94, 95. And then it went again in 2001 and was back in 2003, and it's gone now since then till now. But it... Really, it's fucking roll of the dice. Yeah. You got you got what you gotta do is you gotta time your massacres depending on who's who's uh who's in Congress yeah. in your state, who's your who's your representative. What what are you doing to win the serial killer vote, Congressman? I'm assuming where there's the massive spike, it's when Giuliani was in charge. <laughs> to be he honest. Was, he was a hero of New York but never forget nine eleven. Yep. He certainly was there at nine eleven. You know, carrying people on shoulders out of the buildings. Well, he um he was the first he was the first responder in, yeah. wasn't he? I believe suspiciously early on the on the scene. I would. <laughs> yeah, 
Not, not, I'm, I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't making any accusations. So I imagine he's obviously legitimate. I'm saying is do your own research. Juliana, Juliana, he tower, tower five. That's what I'm saying. Follow the money with the game. <laughs> you know, make your own mind up. All I'm saying is he made, a, you know, he might have made quite a profit out of that big tower, they Freedom Tower, whatever they replaced it with. Just saying, sure, that's that, entirely you know, a coincidence. I'm sure there's nothing suspicious about that. So. All I'm saying is he he might have had some kickbacks from the Mafia Road concrete people who poured the concrete on it. That's all I'm saying. Possibly. All I'm saying. Right. So we've we've gone through sort of like the um, the sort of established timeline and uh, and facts of the the case as, they, as they've been laid out. So just just going to have a few um, bits and pieces from Stokes to debunk some of the obviously still fairly ridiculous nonsense, but. So let's take first the uh, the priest who, if I recall correctly, Chris, he, he came running out of the house on fire with blood streaming from his eyes, ears. Uh, Felt sick. Yeah, and was vomiting ectoplasm at uh, a rate of knots. So um, a guy looked into this, I'm sceptic. He interviewed the Father Pecorano, or Father Pecoraro. Father Pepperoni. Father Pepperoni. Father Salami. Um, he said he... <laughs> Isn't isn't he isn't he the spokes character for um, Papa John's yeah. Pizza, Father Pepperoni? He's like a big he's been cartoon. Now. He's, he's started saying some very problematic things. He's he's been moved to a different, yeah. smaller pizza franchise. He's now gone to Alabama, in Argentina. <laughs> chain of three. Um, so yeah, he, he interviewed the priest and said that he the priest said he never saw anything in the house. Uh-huh. Oh, it's easy yeah. enough. Um, Unless he, unless he's been paid off by the dog, <laughs> well, well, we'll come back to the dog because I think I, I think that's a good theory. So Joe Nickel, all for entities, angels, spirits, demons, and other alien beings, who personally was the site and interviewed the later owners of the notorious house, found numerous holes in the story. The Lutzes couldn't. They, oh yeah, I, I I didn't put this out. This is this wasn't on the part that I then. But one of their other claims during their twenty eight days was that there was a demonic hoof print in the snow outside. Oh, yeah. So the devil came down. He's a busy little beaver, isn't he? He came down and he started, you know. Mm. Huffing about and melting, melting in the in the. Um, unfortunately, weather records show there wouldn't have been any snow to leaf prints on at the time they were in the house. Unless he, unless he manifested exactly. it. I mean, that's the yeah. thing, isn't it? We're not, we're not dealing with, we're dealing with outsider science here. We're not isn't dealing that? with the Met Office. The Met Office. Put another layer known. of bullshit over the top of. Uh, <laughs> we, can, we can we can negotiate around reality as much as we like. Um, it could have been ash so, from hell. Could have been ash. Yeah, hell like ash. something out of Constantine or whatever. Um, that was a terrible yeah. movie. Film's all right. It's all right. It just, I don't know. It could have been better. I really like the guy playing Lucifer. I can't remember his name. He's quite a good actor. One of those ones like know. Stellan Skarsgård or something. But it's a graphic novel. Yeah, thing, it was isn't it? by um, so. your man who did Watchmen and all of that shit. Um, Alan Moore, I believe. So, yeah. It's originally yeah. supposed to look like Sting. What, like Alan John Moore was? Alan Moore clearly is based on Gandalf. Yeah, sexy Sexy Gandalf. Yeah, sitting there drawing tits. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to go into his writing shed. Let's just say that we need need extensive deep cleaning before we. uh, It's probably haunted. You know, there's evidence of ectoplasm. Enough of that. So, also, the book detailed extensive damage to the doors um, to the home's doors and hardware. But the original locks, doorknobs and hinges were all untouched when he went around to look at it. Um, 
And the last one I don't really agree with. So the book and film... Oh, no, the book and film show police being called to the house, but during the 28-day siege they uh, that drove them from the house, they never wanted to call the police. And to be, But to be fair, I can understand that, because you're not going to call the police and go, oh, the doorknobs are bleeding, are you? What are you going to do about it? I mean, I'll be honest with you, Chris, you'd be lucky to get them around and sort something out when there was a real crime. Never mind. Parapsychology. Oh, cool. Tell story, me about yeah? it. Oh, that's the greens for you, isn't it? Oh, God. Oh, the... Too busy, too busy banning people eating lamb chops. Oh, no, don't care about that rubbish. Goldfish could live in there. Oh. Habitat for a it's heron, disgusting. isn't it? Never mind if it spreads disease to my kids. Oh, it's an absolute joke, isn't it? So that, that, was, that was fun, wasn't it, Chris, the Amateurville? We got less fun about that than I hoped, I'll be yeah. honest with you. But, um, I mean, man, he kept it. Yeah, well, it's an... It's, but it's, it's, I mean... Yeah. Uh, it's... It, 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 Hey, it's, it's an interesting, interesting story. And it's, it's got a lot of meat on the bones. It's obviously... All... Well, and something actually has yeah. happened there. Like, and he's never really... It doesn't sound like he's ever explained why he did it. Oh, well, I mean, he, he just, like, comes up, comes up with loads of problem is like, it just bizarre... changes every fucking time. Oh, you mean... Yeah, he just comes up yeah, with why he, why he did it. doesn't. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, it's probably one of those yeah. things. I mean, he probably can't explain it to himself. Or, I mean, I believe the chap's passed now, but it, it's such a horrific act... I imagine you would have to rationalise that. I mean, I don't know. This is me, you know, armchair but Or it could have been, I mean, I've not done all the... I've not done every drug. I've done a, quite a few of them, and none of them have made me particularly violent or angry or anything like that. But I've not done stuff like crack mm. or PCP, so I don't know how, you know... I think people can get a yeah, bit they, fucking nuts on using, those kind of things, um, don't they? I mean, I... I mean, if he... If he was off his face on PCP or something, you then... Think he at some point, though, I don't he? know. You think he would have... Huh? Fence, like, you know... You think he's he'd going to... That would change the insanity plea. Yeah. You know, using PCP and along with such, my mental um... health problems. I think if that was an hour, he probably would have used it, to be honest with you, because he was looking at every other one. Using. Yeah. Do you think? I, I mean, you know, again, I, I... Well, but it'd be... I mean, at most, he would get, you know, diminished responsibility, but... Um... I mean, he was—he was never—he was never going to walk free after killing four kids and his parents. Do you know what I mean? He was never going to walk free. So I don't, I don't, I don't I know. He, I think he would have come out with that later on at some point. Anyway, when his change was storing, well, his story was changing rapidly after being convicted. So, but no, you're right. We don't—we don't know why why this person did it. I mean, there was yeah, he hasn't said like I was well. Really like, well, his father was abusive and stuff. But I don't, apparently, his father. But I don't know why you'd kill the other kids. Precisely. Can't understand killing your father, but or, you know, and even your mother maybe because you blamed her for not protecting not you. But you wouldn't kill your siblings. But, um, but yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, no, I, I just actually, I am condoning it. Speak for yourself. Fair enough. I'll leave you. To, I'll leave you to crack <laughs> on with that. There. Um, no, I mean, I, I don't know, and I'm not. I'm not convinced. Like how? Well, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Do you think you do? Do you think you just have to like almost have a like mental break uh, to kind of be able to deal with what you've done and kind of almost shoot yeah, well, that like, way. I've heard it's like, you know, people who do these kind of things even, they'll rationalise it to themselves. Do you know what I mean? It was logical or not a bad but, thing to do because of X. And I, I think, you know, something like that, him only having done it the once and sort of, um, well, as far as we know, I guess. But, um, yeah, I think I think with your family as well, it's such a horrific thing. It just, yeah... I think you'd have to rationalise that way in some way, and it's 
maybe I mean, who knows? Maybe he's kind of almost lying to himself along a lot of these things. But you know, maybe. Yeah, it's weird that it just never came out. Why you know he said, look, you know, I had a breakdown or something. I think, but well, being honest, whatever. it just sounds like he was a bit of a sport brat. He kind of like you know, it wasn't. Well, it sounds like he didn't have like maybe the the best job or whatever. And it's a bit. He's probably living like a comfortable middle class life. He's, you know, getting in his early 20s and he's still living with his parents, probably a bit, you know, he gets a little bit sort of uncomfortable at that you know, that point, wouldn't it? Um, I don't know, you know. I think you just start brushing up against each other and things like that and he just took the uh, coward's way out. But probably... Mm, I, bet, I mean, that's... But to go on... That's, I mean, but that's that's a big well, leap. To be honest with you, Chris, I can't conceive of how you'd turn a gun on your family full stop, you know what I mean? It's like like, you, no. like your parents or any of the rest of it. It's just, it's it's completely inconceivable to me so you know logic yeah. that i don't think plays much anyway yeah i just think that kind of it's always good to try and understand why people do horrific things so it could be that people are psychopathic yeah. you know and that's something which to i mean you know we're getting we're getting into philosophy to an extent but you know it's not the fact that their brain's built a certain way isn't really their fault or people have been abused a lot as a kid and they're very damaged people that can kind of explain why they do horrible things. Although, you know, what it doesn't excuse it, but it can give an explanation because obviously a lot of many more people have horrible childhoods and don't go on to kill other people or be abusive as adults. But it, but it is an, you know, it is an explanation. I think it is normal to try and, to try and find an explanation because I don't think that I just don't think that just being an arsehole means that you know like, oh you know he was just a dickhead so he just like he got pissed off and just killed them all I don't think that's a satisfactory no, explanation and um, you know like I say that it's never really I mean they never really looked into the into the what and wherefore and I, I suspect he wasn't he was just chucked in a hole yeah, and exactly. just and didn't care really, place I think. Where he was probably going to be able to be honest enough with himself to um you know, to really examine why that had happened, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't really speak... There's not much that's... Well, there's not anything that speaks to that side of it, truth be told. Um, and to be honest with you, then people's um, interest becomes a bit more purient because you start getting into the demonic mm. house nonsense. I mean, we didn't get a whole load yeah. of other factors, like supposedly there was glaring red eyes that would look into the house and there's even... Not the house itself looked like it was possessed by the devil because if you actually look at the side of the house, it almost looks like two eyes and a mouth. And some people have commented that you know, they're two windows and a door. The personification of evil, Chris. Um, yeah. There you go. As, as, it was an eldritch god, yeah. and underneath the house, it's got a massive body that's it's buried. Blue Island, so maybe, um, maybe uh, what's his face? Uh, Lovecraft. Yeah, maybe old Lovecraft lived there for a bit. And he said something so unspeakably racist it just um, <laughs> that he had to move to Connecticut. Yeah, <laughs> where 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 he was even the other, the other people at that time thought it was completely unacceptable, and he managed to conjure up some evil spirit that haunted the colonial walls. So, yeah, he knows. Could be. And, Could be. And it echoed so 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 yeah so you know it, but it's it's a it's a big big interesting one. So I think we I think we we've, we've covered it in in plenty of depth. So uh, on to drawing, yeah. I think. So. This week, I have, um, uh, for my scoring, I have uh, got, because I've had I've had a lot of moths that have been uh, growing in my house for a while. You know, when you get, do you get the moths in your house and you get them on the wall and they've kind of made themselves a little cocoon, like out of fluff, 
and you can see them go and pop their head out. So, so some of them have been um, becoming moths and flying around. I, I don't mind moths; so I'm not going to kill them. Um, I just let them. You know, if the cats want to kill them, it's up to the cats. That's nature, but I just leave them to it. Um, and on each of the moths, I have tattooed a number. What I'm going to do is turn on this side light I have here. And as they land on it and incinerate, I'll uh, I'll take the number off their back as they as they pass into the great beyond, the great mystery. Uh, so Neil, I'll let you go first with spookiness. That's <laughs> what the kids say for spookiness. That's what my bay says. Oh, I can't think of any slang, so I won't. I won't go for that. Oh no, you you were on fleck with that covenant. There you go. Was that even? Was that? I was. Yeah. My bay's peng. Yeah. Peng, yeah. Well, peng. Peng is slang. Um, okay, no idea what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, so, spookiness. Yeah, this is, it's kind of like one of the original, I mean, obviously this stuff before, well, no, not one of the original, but we were talking about, and as you're saying, there's a lot of cliches around haunted houses that have come out of this. Um, so, vengeful spirits, like, you know, the lack of control. Obviously, there's the horrific murders that actually did occur, and just the... The completely inexplicable, as we were just sort of talking about at the end there, you know, why did he do what he'd done? And I think you're right, you know, probably is important to try and find out some explanation, but it's something that's so inexplicable. And even if you did manage to explain it, there's still, you'd still be asking why, do you know what I mean? Because nothing can ever quite, mm. you know, um, give you an answer for what, you know, why somebody would turn a gun. Having a bad morning at work and going out and yeah, sacking exactly. it off halfway through the day doesn't mean that you go home and kill all your. Yeah like children simply no, exactly and you know whatever explanation is never going to be enough to actually explain an action like that so yeah you know what do you know what would have stopped him two psychopaths with yeah. guns well no guns so, more more guns yeah. if the kids had all had guns would we be talking about this oh, no i'll just put myself with whatever the hell i was running on about now no so uh yes yeah, no, this is this is um this is spooky it's it, it's um and I think also the fact that the notion, you know, it's weird because it's almost like people seek this paranormal explanation of why somebody would do something like that. But that almost makes it more spooky, the notion that actually you could be controlled by the divinity law or some, you know, some sort of demonic entity and that would cause you to do something so horrific to your own family. I think that is, uh, that's about the worst thing you could, you could do. And I think, you know, um, yeah, you can't, I mean, you'd never recover from something like that, would you? Um, yeah. I don't think I would. Um, well, no, 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 I wouldn't. But um, so, yeah, that's no, very spooky. I think I think this is going to be a fairly easy one for me. So I'm going to give it an eight. Eight. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it has got a uh, spookiness to it. Um, like I was saying earlier, I probably would move into the house, but I think to start with, you probably would. You know, you wouldn't sleep easy to start with. Um, not. Not because you necessarily believe in ghosts, which I don't, but I don't know. There's something about being somewhere where something horrific's happened. It's kind of bad, bad juju, isn't it? Bad atmosphere, probably. Uh, and I think you'd get over it, but I think to start with it, it'd be a bit like you'd feel a bit creepy being somewhere where lots of life was taken. Um, uh, yeah, I think the the kind of you know the the spookiest thing of all is human humans 
mentally going off the boil and being able to do horrific things because, and you know, we try and explain it with demons or ghosts or whatever, but at the end of the day, I think it's it's scary to think that had we been born with our brain chemistry being slightly different or if we'd had a different childhood or, you know, who knows if we just snap. It could be in, I don't think it's in me, but you don't know, it could be. So I think that's scary looking at that, looking at that kind of, at the end of the day, all of these, all of these ghost stories and all of these horrific killings and all of it, it pretty much all boils back to a human going wrong and being able to do something horrific. So for that reason, I think I'm going to give it a seven for spookiness. So, believability. So, the initial massacre did happen. Did happen. Bloke was arrested. He made loads of stuff up to explain it, but he never really could explain it. But it definitely did happen. Um, The second hauntings, I don't think happened particularly. I think maybe... I don't know. They don't sound like clever people, but they could have been smart enough to have thought, right, we could get this house and we could say loads of stuff happens and we could make a bit of money out of it, but then didn't <laughs> legally get themselves sorted to make as much money as they Love probably could have. Um, exactly. But, I mean, it's not it's not very difficult to think we could move into a place where something horrible happened and then say something happens to us and then, you know, that then we could write a book about it or something. But that's not... That doesn't take super intelligence. It probably takes a bit more intelligence to figure, you know, or, or, you know, not getting carried away with it to actually make sure you're legally in a strong position to profit from it to the to the extent which you probably could do. Um, I think that if anything did happen, I think it's the the bloke had sleep paralysis and that could be brought on because he was a bit fucking scared about sleeping somewhere loads of people had died, you know? He probably wasn't, you know, didn't sleep well. That could have happened. So he might well have believed some of the stuff that he thought he saw when he woke up. Uh, I don't know about the ectoplasm particularly. I think that was probably just stray dogs coming in off the street because they left the front door open all night um, or teenagers. Um, And... uh, I think it's hilarious that he apparently had the face of a 90-year-old woman. (laughs) But I don't think it happened, unless it was just he wasn't sleeping very well, or he already looked quite like an old woman. Not in the picture of a woman. Oh, his wife. She suddenly looked really old. Right. I mean, that could be just him banging on about ghosts and stuff all the time. Um, So, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's got believability, so I'm giving it an eight for believability because something did happen. Yeah, Neil, and I think I'm similarly inclined to go quite high on this, and it's partly it's not because I believe the Lutzes because clearly they were just on an absolute fucking grift. Um, but it's about um, so many people have been able to buy into aspects of this, and it's been a perfect storm of like fucking chiselers coming into this because you've got the Warren who were. Um, <laughs> Who are well known as this one of these sort of parapsychology things. I mean, loads of these modern horror movies that you like the conjuring and all of those kind of things, Chris, they, these are all based on quote unquote true stories that the Warrens wrote. So they're kind of like, this is what I've heard of these people. And they in the seventies they were kind of like quite famous. Um, you know, going around looking. Should we start doing this? 
um, start going to supposed haunted places yeah, I mean, and then just making up some stories. Enough, that selling the books. movie was based in London, the Enfield Poltergeist or something it was called. Oh, I've heard of, I've, I went over to London and they investigated a house that was. I've listened to a podcast about the Enfield Poltergeist. Yeah, so the Warrens were involved in that one and all. Um, so yeah, they're quite you know they've been around quite a bit. They've made a bit of money out of it if they're able to travel sort of across the Atlantic to look into these things. Um, you know, good luck to them to an extent, I guess. But uh, so yeah, so yeah, so yeah, you've got the, the horrific murders at the start. Um, obviously, as you say, that's um, you know they just did happen. That's in the that's in the bank. You've got that. You got that. You got that. You going on with that? <laughs> what? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's safe. That's safe. So you know, on top of that, well, okay, so. Yeah, I don't believe that uh, there was a haunted Indian burial ground or, or, you know, all of this nonsense that sort of um, is put across all the the demonic spirits or, you know, red eyes looking through. But it's one of those things that's compelling. And as I say, I remember going right back to the start of the podcast when we were kids, you know, talking about this kind of stuff on the bus. It's it's one of those things where it's set up quite... um, and I, this, they're throwing so much into the pot, basically, that you can pick and choose the bits that you want to believe. So there's there's a lot in here that, and and I think there's a lot that people will give credence to. I mean, I don't know whether the Warrens truly believed half the stuff that they were investigating, or whether they were just massively, you know, in on the con. But uh, who knows? But it, it, there's enough in there that a lot of people will buy into it. Um, and it's you know, and it's. Again, because you know you you wanna you wanna have an explanation for why something so horrible would happen, but it's been years later, and uh, yeah. Oh, you're frozen. Oh, can you not hear me? No, you froze. You said it's been years later, and then froze. Oh, okay. I don't know what's happening with my connection, but um, okay, I'll try and sum up that last bit again then. Um, so it's um, I, I can imagine that it would be um, it's a kind of thing where a lot of people can believe various different aspects of this. Um, you can mm-hmm. decide how far you want to go down the sort of rabbit hole in terms of believing things. Um, and therefore, I'm going to give it an eight. Eight. Okay, reach. Neil, I'll let you go first. I was just thinking I should have gone the other direction on that, Chris, and said, I don't believe murder's ever happened. All right, it's a false flag. Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm not that big of an arsehole. I'm a pretty big arsehole, but not yeah. Alex Jones. Don't play yourself. Don't play yourself down. Yourself down. You're plenty, plenty of an arsehole. <laughs> You're one of the biggest arseholes I've ever met. <laughs> the biggest arsehole in Brighton. You know, you just don't Americans. You're not and, quite big and that is, American. And that is a and that is a fucking heavy as the head that wears that crown. <laughs> yeah, not only the uh, number one hipsterist town in the uh, hippest town in the uh, hippest city in the world. Also, uh, anyway, sorry. What, what's, what, what category am I on? Um, Rich. Oh, reach, yeah, reach, yeah. This is another, another. This is going to be a big scoring one, I think, Chris. So, this, yeah, I mean, I'd heard of this when I was a kid. Um, it's had, I think, there were three movies in the original franchise. It clearly inspired Poltergeist. Um, Toby Hooper and Steven Spielberg was involved in all of that because they copied a lot of the elements. Um, Coat off his nut. Yeah. Um, and it's inspired a whole lot of other sort of cliches and things like this afterwards. So it's it's not only got reached by itself, but actually it's inspired cliches like haunted Indian burial grounds and what have you um, mm. that, that that have you know all become cliches after the fact here. So regardless, the centre of the web, exactly. Regardless of what, what, what you believe in it or any of the rest of it, it's got got massive reach. It, I mean, it's only been around since obviously seventy five, um, but yeah, numerous movies, uh, franchise book, best selling book, six million sold um known all around the world um 
you can just say Amateurville, which is the name of a town now, and people immediately associate it with this stuff. Um, and, you know, it's inspired lots of other... I mean, obviously, they didn't invent the haunted house genre, but it's kind of inspired it in ways that... Uh, that was the monsters. Yes. Yeah. There were just some East European... Um, there were some Hungarians. Just an East European... Affable yeah. Hungarians. Hungarian family. What's this? Villainized. What we do in America, we have we have corn and, and, a, and a fried steak. With, with a potato. Thank you very much. It's just pretty nonsense you're trying to involve in my feed. Oh, you, no. you monsters. Get out. You're monsters. This is <laughs> paprika. We only like corn syrup. Yeah. Get out. Preferably high fructose. Um, <clears throat> I forgot where the hell I was going with this. Um, yeah, so, yeah, reach. Yeah, yeah. Look, it, I don't think I need to make much of a case for this. You know, multiple, you know, or the second reboot didn't spawn another franchise, so it's not exactly the Halloween movies, but it's pretty fucking big. Um, you know, for anything that's done all of that and gone all around the world, I think, yeah, I've got to give it... I'm probably going to give this a nine, actually, because I don't know what I'm saving a pen for, but it's a pretty big reach. Well, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I, th- I don't think it's... You know, it's not a ten, because I don't think everyone's heard of it. Everyone's heard of Bigfoot. Not everyone would have, you know, I'd be surprised if my mum had heard of Amityville. Okay, you know, yeah. so, um, but yeah, it's might be uh, age, they might, be but yeah, it's, um, it's got very big reach. It's, you know, it's known all over the world. It's been in Eminem albums, which have sold hundreds of millions of copies. It's been in, it's had its own film franchise books. Um, yeah, it, you know, it's on the internet, surprisingly. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I had heard of it and everything. I didn't know the original story. I knew, but I knew of the films and stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a high one again for me. But I'm I'm going to give it an eight yeah. because I I don't think it's very top tier, like not less monster top tier. But um, a lot of people have heard of it. So uh, narrative slash premise. So I go on that one. Um, uh, well, I mean, it's something that happens, and the narrative is some guy, for whatever reason, shot his whole family and then just made a load of stuff up. Um, and then another group of people moved in there and made a load of stuff up. So um, it doesn't have doesn't have much of a narrative or premise, if I'm honest. There are better. There are, we've we've heard better stories. Um, there's not a lot to it, even though it has. It's you know, it's kind of like a standalone incident. Um, and I don't know, the thing is you can't do a lot about it because it's something that happens, so it is what it is, and what it is is just basically a one-off horrendous crime. So, and then all the other spooky stuff, again, you know, that, that kicks it up a little bit, um, but I don't think it's particularly rich, so this is probably going to be my lowest score of, of them all. Um, yeah, it's not it's not doing a huge amount for me because, yeah, like I said, it's just a, a one-off incident, a, you know, a horrific crime that happened. Um, it doesn't really have longevity. People have lived in the house and lived there now and nothing's happened, which does, you know, very much heavily suggest that the people who said stuff happened were bullshit. But, you know, they did come up with... I like the fact they had um, a 1980s-style uh, coked-up, wind-up... Uh, throwing a ball around the room idea session with the lawyer as to, you know, basically 
um, take just like massively embellishing what they've said and just making it all seem like it was demonic. So that's good. But um, in general, it's not great. So I think it's just a, I'm going to give it give it a four. Ooh. So I'll go in another no. direction with this. I think because um, I think the fact that it has <clears throat> the the original facts and the thing is that people generally tend to like who have seen the movies and things like this tend to be less cognizant of the actual original reality of what happened. It was just there was some horrible murders by a possessed son and then all this other spooky stuff happens and things like the cliche of the, say, the, the burial ground and the, the vengeful spirits and all of these kind of things. I mean, none of this is stuff that hasn't been done elsewhere. But I think compared to a lot of urban legends, there's actually quite a lot to it. There's quite a premise. And I'd say my argument for it having a reasonably strong narrative is the fact that they've managed to change it, turn it into three movies. You know, um, <clears throat> There's a lot you can do with the whole kind of like haunted house and the the, the the family scenario. I mean, just that whole kind of. To be fair, they made Hellraiser into ten movies, so it doesn't take I mean, a lot. Don't get me wrong; they make they make a draw, but <laughs> take a lot compared to the and make, Merlin's. Um, and there's now and there's now seventeen Fast and Furious movies. So, <laughs> films films aren't difficult to make. What I like about that whole Fast and Furious thing is every time there's a new one about to be released. There's some feud behind the scenes, like you know, Vin Diesel and the Rock start calling each other candy asses or whatever, and Ooh. and everyone's like, "Oh, this, oh, is, they're not going to work together for real this time." You don't think they're just oh, the sexual tension's palpable? Yeah, just, just, just blow each other off. Just sixty nine. Get on with it, guys. <laughs> Glistening packs. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I, no, I think it's got. I, t- I take your point in that you know the original story. There's not you know it's just just a horrific thing that happened, but. Um, I think they've layered on enough guff now that there's there's some sort of compelling stuff, and it's you know it's made its way into a number of different ways. It's inspired some other sort of um, retellings of similar stories. Um, so I think there's, um, and I just think as well, what's quite a compelling narrative for me is the notion of sort of being under the control of something evil or the personification of evil, as Elizabeth Warren would call it, and you know that could lead you to murder your family or do something so unspeakable. I think that's quite a rich thematic vein. So, um, but take your point, you know, so I'm going to give it, um, you know, not the best narrative, but compared to, you know, we take like, you know, your, your, your tier 10 ones like Loch Ness Monster and stuff, you know, there's a lot more. To- it's not got, that's, a, that's not got a lot of narrative. Exactly. <laughs> People fall for anything, won't they? Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give it, well, I'm going to go seven and a half. You've swayed me a little bit, but. Uh, okay. And that gives us an overall total, a very respectable 59.5. So that is a very high scoring, and I'm I'm not surprised, Neil. You know, we went for a, a biggie for it's Halloween. It's going to be a big one. That's why we pull it out for the feet. Yeah, and um, if you've got anything uh, to say about Amityville or any other urban legends, you can email us at urb.legends at gmail.com. Uh, and um, just to let you know, uh, the slightly different Halloween bass intro and outro this week is uh, my favourite Halloween song of all time, uh, which was uh, The Ghost of Islington Green open brackets Thatcher's Monster close brackets by uh, Ian Jury and the Blockheads. Uh, I think it's a great song. It was a B-side, but um, I felt that it was very powerful. Not only spooky, but, you know, it, it speaks of um, uh, Thatcher's Britain. So, which was a scary time. One of my top five anti-Thatcherite ghost songs. Obviously, Ghost Town by the Spectres is number one, obviously. But Yeah, of yeah. course. But, you know, a bit, bit obvious. Uh, so, you know, if you are um, 
moving into a house that has um which is massively undervalued because of murders uh and for some reason uh some kind of ectoplasm or goo appears all over your front room when you've left the door open all night don't have nightmares or sleep paralysis. Or if you're going to get a house surveyed, get a priest involved, and if he starts bleeding from places that should And a druid. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe reconsider. Do it before you sign the contract, yeah. that's all we're saying. Before money changes hands. Yeah, you know, you've got, yeah. to, you've got, to, you've got to put the work in up front to make sure you're not, you're not buying a The legal house. and spiritual sides. Exactly. The two, the two things we can't avoid, death and taxes. And so... That's it from this Halloween special of Urbane Legends. I'm off to trick or treat in my sexy cat outfit, so I will bid you goodbye. Goodbye. Java here. Well, that's it. The Amityville Horror House of Horrors. Um, I wasn't aware this was a real thing, were you? Blimey. Oh, those Americans, <laughs> they don't half get up to some business. Not to say that I wouldn't mind taking a role in one of their situation comedies. Um, so, uh, my agent's details are at the bottom of the screen. Um, I really am available for almost any work. Um, I will bid you adieu and see you soon. Try not to uh, have too much of a sleepless night. Bye! Cornbeef, hash and football thugs for pack of off, master and designer drugs. Money to fight a full cleanse war, but no more money to house the poor. Vampires suspect as a ruling class. Offshore banking have a pass. Thatcher's monster roams the land. Don't expect a helping hand. 